Hello and welcome to Rising Above Podcast, brought to you by your host Georgia Peck. I am bringing you some of the world's most inspiring and narrative-shifting experts, all the way from health experts to people who have just overcome insane life experiences and taking what they have learned from them, as well as entrepreneurs and innovators that step into your most authentic, healthiest, most vibrant self today. And I am helping to shift self-sabotage and rewriting society's narrative with slow, sustainable and ethical fashion at risingaboveco.com. Enjoy today's episode. I just watched Seaspiracy and it was one of them documentaries that, you know, that everyone's watching it. It's always recommended. Like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Why? I used to be obsessed with documentaries. Like, I used to watch documentaries all the time. Like, all the time, you know, the vegan ones, like the Cowspiracy, the Plants Over Forks. I mean, Knives Over Forks. Like and and they're really really powerful, especially like if you're interested in them. Um, but here is the issue with documentaries. I think we need to talk about it. <laughs> Not many people do. Um, and so, right, everybody loves a good documentary because you know when you get a good documentary, it's like a life changing moment. It's like after it, you're like, wow, I feel enlightened. I feel like I'm gonna change the way I live. <laughs> But that's exactly what doesn't happen. Often when we watch documentaries, we're like so fired up. We're like, yes, this is like amazing. Or it's a flip with Seaspiracy, for example. It's like, wow, what are we doing to our planet? Like, this is so bad. And like you're crying, maybe not crying, but you just like feel deeply sad to just know that that's going on in the planet. And then afterwards, maybe like an hour or two later, you're, you're just kind of like forget about it and just kind of get on with your day or whatever you're doing. I find this so sad because I definitely used to be one of them people who would just watch documentaries, forget about it, you know, and I realised, like, people are making these documentaries for a reason because they kind of want to spread awareness and then I started thinking, like, just thinking more about my actions and with Seaspiracy, I I got 20 minutes in and was like, wow, I have never, I I was so affected by it, like, the statistics, um, obviously there are some controversy around the statistics, but on the whole, it's very groundbreaking, and there was a lot of footage to honestly, like, give evidence for these practices going on, and me personally, I knew kind of about the fishing industry, but really not to the extent as to what was actually going on, and how much of an impact it has, and I was like, just absolutely just fired up like what how do people not know about this if no one's watched seaspiracy um one i highly recommend watching it but it's essentially like kind of around there's like this this guy wanted to make a documentary kind of like david attenborough like just showing the beauty of the oceans and then came across the real cold hard truth about the oceans and they're like the fish are dying and most are going extinct and the coral reefs and the illegal fishing and just how it's really really impacting our environment so that's like a little bit about sea spiracy and there's like groundbreaking statistics i think it's around 50 million sharks die every year from just like being a bycatch but also there's like um the whole shark fins soup <laughs> i don't even know but it's whatever it is it's like not okay um and then dolphins are getting 
like killed I think that was like 30 million whales and dolphins collectively from just by bycatch um honestly just so heartbreaking <laughs> like why I'll never understand like humans and the practices they do sometimes but the whole point about this is so I think it's just so important to like use the knowledge and that like emotional drive I guess that you get from watching a documentary to make a small change like even if it's like tiny can you imagine can you actually imagine what this planet would be like if every single human just did a tiny little thing for example if this relates to sea spiracy cutting down on fish just like by half for example not even just stopping eating it but just cutting it down can you imagine can you actually imagine how much of an impact that would make and I think people just put this pressure on themselves to like say if I'm gonna make a change it has to be like huge change like after watching Sea Spirits like I'm never ever ever gonna eat fish again and they just put these high expectations on themselves and then you just don't make a change and it's like no actually if you just cut down on fish a bit if everybody cut down on fish a bit we could make a huge freaking change like the demand for fish would go right down and these huge corporations would think right I'm not making as much money we should probably stop fishing as much because it's all going to like waste and everything although they probably don't really care about the waste if they're doing that anyway but um yeah it's all about making those small steps we need more imperfect people making tiny switches I think in my personal opinion we don't need to be perfect we don't need to be perfect and if you're sitting here thinking like, right, I don't care enough. I don't care enough to change anything the way I'm living, the way I'm doing. I just liked watching the documentary just for the fun of it. I just, I actually don't care about our planet. But like, maybe think about that again and make a change because you care about yourself. <laughs> and I assume you probably care about yourself. Um, and if you don't, maybe the people around you, the people you love, the pe- your friends, your family, make a change because of them. Because... We live here on this earth and it's our home, it's our planet and it's it, it's here for you and it does so much work. Like, can you imagine? Oh my gosh, like our earth and our universe is insane. It's absolutely insane. And the fact that we as a human race are collectively destroying it and feeding into that is like, it just saddens, it honestly, <laughs> really just not for you. If it's not for the planet, if it's not for the animals, do it because you care about your future family or the future human race, and if that makes sense. And it, yeah, it just kind of hits a nerve to like see people watching these documentaries and not really making any any kind of change. And it's super easy. You can you don't even have to make a huge change, but. Like, even myself, watching these documentaries is, like, honestly, like, painful to watch. (laughs) Like, painful. I'm, like, screaming at the TV, like, why, why are we not, like, why are we not doing anything about this? (laughs) And then it just makes me feel better to know that I'm doing those small changes to kind of contribute towards our better future, better environment, better planet. That's essentially what I'm doing with, like, Rising Above co-clothing and brand, essentially, is because I want our planet to be greener, more sustainable, more like holistic and 
all, all the, like, the stuff I make is, like, slow fashion, organic, recycled plastic. Like, if it's made of polyester, it's recycled polyester. Because what's the point in making new clothes when you can just make it from, like, recycled stuff that's going to go to waste anyway? <laughs> so that's, like, essentially, like, me quite trying to contribute, obviously. Like, no one has to create a company about it. But just to do those small changes I think it's so important and it's so doable honestly it's so doable and oh my gosh these people who made Seaspiracy can I can't even imagine the colossal risk the absolute risk that they had to go through to make this documentary and I have so much respect for them because not only are they absolutely just exposing this industry that even I, as like a someone who's been plant based and vegan for about five years, and like researched into this stuff, like I just didn't even know. And I'm like, how did I not know this? How? So the fact that they've absolutely just exposed the whole industry, putting their lives in so much danger, going out to these places, is like, oh my gosh, we we just needed that. We honestly needed that, and it's gotten so much exposure, and that's exactly, exactly what it needs. And I'm honestly so glad they made this documentary. It's just, it's just groundbreaking, like absolutely just awful to know that we just don't know about this. And these huge corporations can just honestly, like, hide it so well. I'm like, how? Listening to documentaries, watching documentaries, sort of anything is just to, like, take that information and just like think about it and be like how can I like apply this to my life like can I apply it like should I make a change is it is this information like useful for anything um even it's like a a documentary like is this useful like uh, should I change something in my life to make this world a better place or yeah to just have more awareness around like your actions I guess but yeah I would honestly love to make a documentary one day (laughs) me even creating a podcast like doing solo episodes like huge imposter syndrome I'm like why should I be the one to talk like why 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 do I have a gift like I feel like I just don't and it's really stupid because (laughs) I know that every single person on this planet has something to give and yeah but I'd love to make a documentary one day I think it's so important it's so important to just spread awareness for these things and like sea spiracy is like something you would just never think of like the fish you eat you just never think about it really and the fact that the the sustainable fishing logo I don't know what it's called like M MSC or something is scary like how much more information are we being just lied to because of money as in like people are throwing it under the bus to just kind of make some money like these these captains not captains but like the observers who go onto these fishing boats to observe like the practices just getting paid to kind of keep quiet about the things they're doing how much do we not know about what's going on and I can imagine it's a lot seaspiracy and Cowspiracy, for that fact, are very, very good documentaries, and I highly recommend watching them, just to kind of uh, broaden your horizons, I guess, and take what you will from it, and make tiny, I mean tiny, tiny steps to make our world a better place, even if that means, you know, choosing slow fashion, (laughs) oh, that's a whole lap of the other, 
that's a whole other episode, fast fashion. Fast fashion, my god, that is an episode and a half. It's very corrupt as well. If anybody has anything to add about Seaspiracy or anything I've said today, do let me know. I You can find me on Instagram at risingaboveco or georgia underscore peck. And I do reply to all my DMs. Check out risingaboveco.com for the slow fashion to just do your little part. And I've actually started to create collections that are going to be... Um, I'm going to be donating some of the profits to these organisations, like proper ones, not just like the crappy ones where donations actually feed into the fishing industry. Like I'm going to make sure that that does not happen. (laughs) So I'm going to be doing um, donations to um, like planting trees and the forestry, even though I feel like I should be donating to like the ocean now because after what I've learned of... I think it's, I don't know the percentage, but it's a huge percent of our, like, carbon dioxide goes into these oceans. I feel like the forest, honestly, we just need to be investing in the oceans, <laughs> but also the forest as well. So I'm going to be donating some profits to uh, forestry um, charities who plant trees and then some charities with the bees as well, um, because bees are, you know, important to our planet too. And yeah, just kind of donating where I can with these collections. I think it's important to support them. And yeah, I'm over here rewriting the narrative of fast fashion, um, turning it into slow fashion, but also rewriting the narrative of the pressures that come along with fast fashion. Like we just, often we just don't feel good enough. And I'm like, that's just not okay because we're all good enough. All of us are all good enough. It's just the media have put it into us that we're not to make money. (laughs) That's like the cold hard truth. Uh, But anyway, I shall see you in my next episode. And uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And I shall see you in my next episode. Don't forget to make it your mission to do something kind for you today. But it's making me feel real chatty. I'm just working on this. Yeah. So I think we've already touched yeah. on this a little bit. But like, what's something that's like super hard to face when you're when you've like been into this, like you've been like a physical fitness journey, physical health, but like now you're into like this deep like trauma mm-hmm. healing. What's like been the worst thing to overcome if you're comfortable yeah, talking about um, it? Let me think about that for a second. I feel like attachment is a big one. Um, Like being attached to having a certain body type or having a certain level of health or certain people in your life, like to a degree, like, I mean, attachment is a very healthy human thing. Um, But I think finding the balance of where is it human and where is it just me not having self-love or not having self-confidence, like finding and understanding that and being shown that like, being shown my own deck of cards and like the pieces that really I don't know like it it, like the whole process of trauma work is extremely revealing and it shows you where you're weak so to speak and it shows you where you're strong which is great um but I think that it's been really tough to be shown like 
here's your very human sides, but here's where your human sides are controlling you and where you, you know, if you crave freedom, which I do, it's one of my like biggest values is freedom. But if you have certain addictions or attachments, whether it's to very physical things, like if you're addicted to a drug or a person even, or um, whatever, or if it's more esoteric, like if you're addicted to certain belief systems or thought patterns, I think just the process of being shown those and being shown how much control they actually have over your life is pretty scary. And then learning how to detach from that and um, also to detach from control in general and just allowing whatever the process is that's going to happen to happen. I think that for me personally has been one of the scariest um, pieces of it, I guess. And I don't know, I've done, I've done a lot of work with astrology as well. Um, I don't know how much astrology you or your listeners have done or do. Um, I don't know. I've honestly never really okay. dived into it myself. I'd like to, but it's like, okay. I don't know. I just don't even know if to start, like if what I yeah. believe or like. So I'll just give one example of like where this, actually I, I read this very recently, but there's a lot in my astrological chart, whether or not you believe it, I resonate with it on a personal level. So if you don't like astrology, then just forget that I said astrology. But um, I feel like the astrology <laughs> is, is not like a telling me what to feel. It like reconfirms and like contextualizes like, oh, that makes sense. So a lot of what's in my chart kind of signifies like a lot of my, my purpose here or a lot of my, um, my path here involves death and rebirth. And it's very continual. So it's like, for me, especially whether or not this is going to be my path for my whole life or just like where I'm at right now, there's been kind of like a, uh, like an emphasis on the death of self, which is part of where like the unraveling and all of that, I'm like, oh, and that's, that's where like this just kind of emphasizes on that for me. It's not like it's telling me what to believe. It's like, oh, I resonate with that. Um, But sort of like this concept of like here's all this stuff that you've worked for and here's like this ego that you've created and this I don't know life that you you have and you're really attached to it because it's beautiful and it's brought you a lot of joy and now you have to let all that go and allow something new to come in and it's just like what (laughs) but I like it (laughs) um and I think that that is frustrating and that yields a lot of anger and that yields a lot of fear and anger and fear are too Anger has been more suppressed for me, but fear especially has been really hyper-present in my life. And so I think it's just like being shown that again and again and again and learning how to trust it and like be able to feel the fear, but not like be the fear or be controlled by the fear. Like, I think it's just really tough to let go of that old system of operating, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like very difficult to like shift and change, like evolve because like- we just want to hang on to what we've yeah. done in the past and like even you saying like to just like release attachment it's like I know I'm attached to, to like a few things like thought patterns and it's just it is mm-hmm. hard to just let go and just yeah. trust it is and hard. sometimes the thought patterns are like you know sometimes they're not necessary to let go of like sometimes they serve you and that's part of the again the the tough piece is like discernment of is oh my god there's a leaf sorry as part of the discernment of like (laughs) is this is this actually useful for me at this point did that answer your Mm. question i i'm I'm like my mind's in a very esoteric place today so going off 
yeah don't worry you answered the question it was like what's been the, the yeah, hardest thing that you said yeah. attachment yeah yeah so coming on to the last few yeah. questions and so what is your opinion on my company rising above co and like what i'm trying to do is like shift the narrative of social mm-hmm. media society and like it's particularly like fast fashion like i never thought i'd be in, fa- in fashion like at all but like i realized as i was digging deeper into kind of like what creates this stigma of like you have to live up to these expectations society actually comes from a lot of the media Mm -hmm. fast fashion and like yeah so how do you feel about like this company trying to shift that i i love it i so have you seen minimalism before it's a pretty well-known documentary I haven't I've seen so many adverts for it and I'm like I oh need God. to watch this show it's or this phenomenal. like documentary it's I phenomenal I love it. the work they do I the reason I bring it up though is that um so minimalism the documentary I watch it every single year and I have for probably like five years now four years I don't know but every year I make a point of like I'm going to watch this at least once this year just to kind of like refresh my mind of like this state of not having to have things and it's not and part of what they speak about in that is like it's not a problem to have things and it's not a problem to consume things it's just a problem when people are doing it mindlessly as a means of numbing something or whatsoever it may be and I am right there with you like kill fast fashion like I appreciate it from (laughs) the perspective of creativity and I really I really appreciate that unfortunately the reality of it is that it's I feel like it's like a I'm going to use another analogy. I feel like it's like a beautiful drug, right? I feel like it's like, um, I don't know, let's just say it's shrooms. Let's, let's equate fashion to shrooms. You're getting a nice dive into my personality here. Let's equate fashion to shrooms. And so, um, sorry if this is not PC, but this is just an analogy. So I feel like shrooms are not inherently bad, right? Like there's so many wonderful things that come of it. There's, and, and similarly fashion, like, creativity and design and just like visual aesthetic like that is a beautiful piece of the human experience hands down super about it the problem is that I don't think it's used for that purpose and it'd be like the same as being like shrooms not being used for the purpose of discovery or the purpose of exploration it'd be like used for the sake of escapism and so that's my analogy yay um but I feel like fast fashion is kind of like doing the same thing to a degree when a lot of people are like only using it as a means to please other people or as a means of having a temporary fix um and in the documentary minimalism there's a woman and i wrote this down because i didn't want to miss her name her name is oh god juliette shore um and she says and i wrote down the quote too because i love the quote as it is perfectly she says we are too materialistic in the everyday sense of the word And we are not at all materialistic enough in the true sense of the word. And I think what she said is so true that like people don't appreciate the materiality of things. Like they get a shirt and they're like, oh, I appreciate this for the status it's going to grant me. Or I appreciate this for like what it's going to do for me or my self-image or that it's going to numb my depression or whatever, whatever it is that it is that I'm, I'm not addressing by addressing this instead. It's like a distractionary tool. So I am in full support of anything that pulls away from the mindless consumption of goods, because I feel like the mindless consumption of goods 
is just one place where people can disconnect from their realities. And if you're disconnected from your realities, then you're disconnected from yourself. Not super great. And you just yeah, not super great. Like, um, and yeah. also just, I mean, from an like environmental standpoint, I also love it because there's a lot of, and I don't think people realize how impactful fashion is on the environment. And I mean, I told you I was vegan for three years, so I really dove into that stuff for a while. Um, and it's just, it's, it's shocking how, how again, yeah, so, so much, much waste and how disconnected people are from that. Like they're so disconnected from, and I'm not saying like I'm immune, like I've bought stuff from places that I'm not proud of before. And, but it's the, I think it's just the, yeah. the, the degree to which it happens is like kind of heartbreaking. So I'm in full support of like, I love what you're doing. I think it's great. I think more people should I can't say should. I would love it if more people would jump onto <laughs> onto stuff like that and, and recognize like how just important it is. Not only from like a personal, like yeah. mental wellness perspective, but just like a collective perspective too. Yeah, it's just needed. And a lot of the fast like fast fashion is that it's like on most media, like like models yeah. for, like fashion. It's like insanity i literally yeah. can't even oh, it's a whole other topic but yeah i think they said there's like um, 24 seasons now like in fashion like something oh, like that i don't even know what that means that's probably like modern I, talk, all i know is it? that there there used to be like a standard like you know two seasons like warm and cold and i think that makes sense you know i think that makes sense uh, oh, oh my and God, then that's insane oh and then God, there was like um spring jesus i can't think spring summer fall winter and then those kept getting divided and i got to a point where i think in a year fast fashion goes through like something like 24 27 different quote-unquote like sub seasons that's like more than one season a week but if you look at it and this is something to talk about in minimalism too if like people will go so far as to like hate on a fashion statement that was made just like a month, two months prior, even a year prior, and it's suddenly like it's out of style. And if you're not wearing, if you're not wearing what's oh, in yes. style, then you are not, you don't fit in. And so people have like a pressure to always be updating their wardrobes. And again, that pressure is really just a distraction from like life <laughs> and a bunch of other things. What the actual yeah. act of living. Yeah. So thank you. That was such a good yeah. in-depth answer to like I had no idea that you'd know oh, about yeah. fast fashion to the extent that you do it's, that's yeah. incredible I'm glad that you're doing something about it I think that's awesome yeah thank you and so the final question is ask everybody what is one practice that you do I know I write this one down for you what's <laughs> what's one practice that you have to do whether that's weekly or monthly to like keep your sanity for like self-care I don't know anything that you just have to come back I'm rolling to. my eyes at myself as I say meditation but <laughs> um I think meditation uh, yeah I being able to sit with yourself and your thoughts and your emotions and identify them. Um, I, yeah, I just, I think it's probably one of the most impactful things, like the hardest, the hardest things that have happened in my life this year, like meditation is single-handedly. One of the things that's kept me sane through it is recognizing like mm. 
I don't know. And another way to look at this, just because I, I believe like not everyone needs to be in all like knees deep into meditating. Cause I know a lot of people say I can't do it or whatever, which maybe consider looking at your belief system there. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but for, for the people that like struggle with that, another way of looking at it is just presence. Like if, if you haven't read Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, everyone in the wellness community pretty much that I know of has, so well. hopefully most people have, but um, like the, the concept of just being able to be present and not living in the past or the future. And I think this is, again, a practice I've started more recently and it goes hand in hand with meditation. So I'm duping your question a bit and adding more to it, but it's, it's like a, a two in one. Um, but I know I personally have had a lot of issues with like living in the past, which is living in a state of like sadness or depression or living in the future, which is a state of living in anxiety or anticipation or fear. And it really pulls away from like the beauty of whatever this moment is, whether that moment is you crying or you like crying tears of sadness or tears of joy. Like, you know, it, it anything that is not now is pulling away from this one piece and it's like fragmenting you. So I think just the concept of actively practicing presence and sometimes that looks like flow state, like doing things that you love, like painting or surfing or whatever it is that gets you in that, that flow state um, or meditation, which is just sitting in silence with yourself. Um, and I think this is my last piece, but it's kind of a tack on that. I actually started this a week ago, um, but and it's really good when things get hard is like to ask yourself, can I make it through today and to only focus on making it through today. And like, obviously, yes, you can look ahead and plan ahead, but your focus is today. And I think that's, um, and you can take this with a grain of salt, but I think that's been one of the best practices that I've started recently is like, if I look at things 20 years in the future, it can get really overwhelming. And so if you look at things like from the perspective of today, you know, 20 years in the future will happen and sure I need to plan for that. And you need to be, proactive but I don't have to fixate on that I don't get to fixate on anything that is not this moment or today and I think just kind of chunking your days into 24-hour periods and recognizing like whatever whatever happens tomorrow is kind of a separate deal right now um I think that's like a living breathing form of meditation so yeah I think that that's like the saver right now that's amazing mm -hmm. and I love meditation I yeah. it's like a different experience when you do like guided meditation or like yeah. on your own and yeah if anyone's like struggling with it try guided there are yes. so many guided meditations like literally so many and if you think you can't do it yeah you can <laughs> they, and they have like yeah. so many app like the calm app has like tons that and even yeah. if like if I don't know. Meditating doesn't have to be like with your eyes closed. Like I've done walking meditations before. You can do walking meditations, like work your way into a state where you can sit or like candle flame meditations where you just stare at a candle flame um, and listen to a guided meditation, like for people who are really proactive or like need something to do, like that can also be helpful. Or not. Yeah. And you've got to kind of take yourself seriously a little bit. Like the act of like staring at a candle can be quite hilarious. And then just kind of like, just like getting in the zone and be like okay i'm just gonna stop judging myself and just allow yeah people that's happen. a good point <laughs> Woo! i'm not talking again that's a good point though it's like the self-judgment that a lot of people <laughs> have when it comes to like meditations is like some people are 
I mean, it's kind of a testament to like how much you judge yourself is like if you're uncomfortable sitting in silence because you're going to judge yourself for sitting in silence. Yikes. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot. I think I'm going to make this into two podcast episodes, honestly. I think that literally it's, I, I I cannot cut anything out that you said because it's oh, been insanely, you. like, amazing. Um, but, yeah, I think this the self-judgment with, like, everything, it just happens with everything, and people just need to kind of let go of this and just be like, right, F it. Let's just do whatever and not do whatever, but, like, Say I'm gonna do meditation. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. I'm just gonna laugh at myself. Like it was horrible at the start, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just like once I just was like, okay, Georgia, let's just try this properly, and then just I yeah. love the pep talk. Like let's let's try a proper meditation now. Yeah, like we're done with this this crap. Like I I would honestly get so frustrated sometimes. I could sit down, listen to the guided meditation. I want to like mm-hmm. punch a wall, or like. <laughs> Or just, like, laugh my head off or just, like, get out the room. I don't know. It mm-hmm. just wasn't feeling good. And then I was just like, okay, let's just, let's just actually just accept that I want to yeah, do some meditation. Yeah, no, that's now. awesome. And if you <laughs> don't want to do meditation, I guess the meditative thing would be to accept that, too, and be like, not having it today. And, you know. Yeah. Even with yoga. Oh, yeah. Even with yoga, I was like, <laughs> this is stupid. A lot of, a lot of more wooing spiritual <laughs> things, a lot of people will start, and they're like, I feel so awkward. I feel so dumb. But... And, and you know I get it like I've done if anyone if you've ever tried Qigong like that is no that is a weird feeling it's kind of like I mean it's it's energy work but with your body and it just feels so weird at first and like you like do all these movements and you make certain noises you go like ha and like it's it just it feels really weird when you're doing it but it gets to a point where it's like I don't do create a safe space for yourself, like whether or not it's like in your own bedroom or where someone can't watch you. And then you do it enough times to the point where you're like, this is, I do this every day. And then you get to a point where it's like so mundane, like you've done it every day for a year where you're like, I just don't give a flip and flute about what anyone thinks about this now. And then you can start doing it in public. And... Exactly. Yeah. I'm such in that place where I can just be public on Instagram and literally just go it's like beautiful. anything. <laughs> I literally don't care. It's a very think, healthy literally. thing. I respect that a lot. I still get yeah. like stage fright filming in front yeah. of people, which is why I like always film when I'm at home. Cause I can talk in front of a camera for days, but if I'm like out in public and I like talk to myself on my phone, I'm always like, oh, that's so weird. oh my gosh. No, that yeah. is a bit scary. So, yeah. Like even though vlogging is like a huge thing, it's like people still are like, mm, what? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> but it, you know, everyone's at their own place. Like I'm not shy about where I'm at. And... Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah thank you alexis so much for coming on rise podcast this has been like one of the best recordings thank yet you. and i i really appreciate you and the amount of technical difficulties and also the yeah fact that sorry that off. i i mean i took you a little over time too so i know you're getting close to your bedtime oh no but... it's fine like i'm wide awake even though i should probably be going to bed at like in half an hour but that's it's the full moon right now it's worth it for a while anyways <laughs> don't tell me that yeah, i mean it's <laughs> celebrated if you're not tired like go dance in the moonlight for 20 minutes and i do weird shit <laughs> maybe it's really freaking cold over here but i sit outside with the robe but yeah thank you so much <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you i'm i'm honored to to be here i was so stoked when you reached out
Oh, do I hit finish recording? And you're